Welcome back to another hour with Crowder with me, your host Crowder. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. And if you're already a subscriber, go ahead and ding the bell so that you can get all of my latest podcasts every Tuesday. What is up, you guys? What is up, you guys? What is up, you guys? Um, I actually did have the video for you guys, but for some reason, the visuals got lost. And now I'm just re-recording the audio because I'm... I just wanted to get something out to you guys. I have no idea what happened to the visuals. I'm actually filming this the day of Tuesday. So you'll possibly get it today or tomorrow. If you get it today, it ain't going to have no music, no nothing. It's just going to be raw and uncut. No um, links, no pictures in there of the stuff I'm looking at. None of that. And I don't like doing that to y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and get to um, the episode um, I just want to go ahead on and say apologize for not having the episode out last week, but I feel like self-care and health care is first on my list, and that's my primary thing that I'm doing now is protecting my energy, um, resting when I need to rest, eating what I need to eat, going to the hospital, I mean the doctor, you know, getting myself checked out, keeping myself healthy and updated on whatever's going on with my body you know so that's why I missed out last week and yeah I'm gonna keep missing out from time to time because I feel like so often we as black women we have the weight on we have the weight of the world on our shoulders and we just start to take care of everyone and everything around us and in doing that we forget about ourselves we forget a bit about ourselves so much. And once we sit down and realize that we've taken care of everybody except for ourselves, usually it's too late. By that time, now you got cancer. By that time, now you got um, some other illness that's irreversible. And most of the illnesses that we have in today's time is caused by stress. So... Yeah, whenever I feel like I need to take a self-care day and relax and be um, aware of my stress levels, that's what I'm going to do. Um, to all my An Hour with Crowder fans, I am banned on Facebook for 30 days. <laughs> so I'll be doing most of my stuff on Instagram. And I probably possibly won't go back to Facebook except to upload content. But I'm going to stay out the trenches because that's what got me caught up is being in them damn trenches. But let's go ahead and get to the episode. I want to pose a question this week. We always love to talk about little topics and everything. But this week, I would like to pose a question to the audience, my audience. <coughs> audience out there, my black audience. Why is it that we have to change our vernacular to be taken serious? I mean, this is a real question right here. Why is it that we have to take out the very thing that makes us a unique people? You know, the slang, the accent of our slang, the accent of the language that we speak in. You know, the thing that everybody copies and likes until it's time to be deemed an intellectual. Why do we have to take that aspect away from ourselves? Why is it that when a white person speaks slang to explain a situation. They get all type of claps and praises and all of that. But when we do it, we're not up to par to explain the subject matter. I'm going somewhere with this question, but just think about it. We are more likely to listen to a person that speaks all these fancy $5 words rather than someone that speaks slang to express their point. Because we assume that they are less qualified to explain the subject matter because of their speech. We've all been surprised about that one person in the group that actually understand what's going on about a complex situation. And then to our surprise, we're like, Nigga, you, we didn't know you knew that. And it's mainly because of the way that they speak. If they speak in heavy slang or they have a heavy accent or they have a speech impediment. That's the biggest thing, the speech impediment. If somebody stutters, oh, we ain't even listening to their point. <laughs> but was it that 
they were making a point the whole time and we was just waiting on an over-explained version of what they were saying because that sounds much more right, you know? Um, well, this young lady changed the narrative this week. While explaining the Russian-Ukraine situation, at I Am Legally Hype, that's her name, her handles are on social media and all her platforms, and um, she explained the Ukraine situation very well, I might add. I personally don't know what the hell is going on or what started up this Russia, um, Russian, Russia and Ukraine situation, but she explained it, and I'm not even going to act like I understood what was going on before she even said it, so I'm going to let her speak. I love to see how entertaining the news can be and how she got people engaging in a foreign affair by coming down to our level with the information. She knows that the average American that is in the age group of like 17 to 30 is engulfed in pop culture and not the news, you know, which involves gossip, vlogs, paparazzi, so on and so forth. So she took the same aspect and brung it to foreign politics. You know, she was unbiased. She was straight to the point and she was mad entertaining. And did I mention that she's in law school? Hmm. And she cute too. But yeah, now I can already hear the baby boomers and the highly educated Negroes in the back talking about the news is supposed to be educational, not entertaining. That's what's wrong today is that y'all always want to be entertained all the time. We need to raise our critical thinking and reading skills. And yes, all of those things may be true. But the only thing I would say to this is you have to meet people where they at sometimes. You know, I think that that's one of the main components and one of the main aspects that's missing out of the black community. We all want everybody to be on the same level as us, as us, but we don't understand that some of us is coming out of situations where we're just now learning about something that we didn't know was wrong. I'll take myself. Okay, y'all know that for a very long time I was against transgenders yes me being a gay woman was against people being trans that was ignorant of me and I'm still a, not against trans let me reword that I wasn't against trans I was against trans people being in certain spaces such as sports such as um um in the classrooms like adult trans being in like the classroom and teaching kids about trans. And I, I know that that's even ignorant in itself, but I was that person until I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, I'm treating trans people the same way that straight people treat gay people. And that's not fair. So that's what I mean by we have to meet people where they're at. And my girlfriend, she's the one who put me up on it. 
and educated me and made me see the error of my way and how my thought process was, how there was a bit of hierarchy that I was using in the LBGT community as a gay woman. I, I was using that advantage of me being the accepted one in society and not trans people and treating trans people like straight people are treated by white, I mean by straight people, or I can even put in a different aspect, treating trans people how white people treat black people. Oh, so we got to start meeting people where they at. And when I say that, like my girlfriend never yelled at me. We got into some heated arguments about it. But she never made me feel like I was dumb. She just kept educating me and giving me parables so that I can understand where why my thinking was flawed. So, you know, we have to meet people where they're at. We have to we have to realize that if I can't understand that something is wrong right then and there. It's not your responsibility to shun me. As a black person, it's your responsibility to teach me and educate me. So let's put it like this. If I can't understand that two plus two equals four, but for some reason I understand that one plus one plus one plus one plus one equals four, what difference does it make how I got the right answer? As long as I produce the right answer and comprehend the problem, you know? One of the reasons that black people don't even get involved or even care about foreign politics, you know, besides the fact that we're going through a war with our own country and we don't need to be worried about, you know, superpowers that are having a war against themselves, you know, but the reason why we don't get involved in foreign politics and stuff like that is because we don't understand the words that they use to describe what's going on. The words that they use in these bills that are passed and these words on the test that our kids have to take and these financial loopholes and laws and contracts that these artists sign, they're all those words that the news and mass documented um, papers put out in newspapers to give to us. That's the same words. And what I mean by the same words, I mean all of these words that are well over our comprehension level and they give that to the masses like that's the masses reading level and comprehension level. The average American reads on a fifth grade level and the average American comprehends on about a seventh grade level. So why are you giving us college? Um, why are you giving the masses college comprehension words and understanding they do that on purpose y'all know that y'all have to know that they do that on purpose if you want to go to you know figure out how to um understand something you damn near almost have to go to like teen magazine just to figure out what is going on you know in layman's term it's ridiculous you know, that's how they keep us lost in the sauce with the wordplay and the over-explaining of situations. Yes, we can look them up, but most people just want the meat and potatoes of the situation. You shouldn't have to have a spelling bee to find out what's going on with politics. You shouldn't have to use so much energy into figuring out what a 100-page document really means. They love to waste our time and our energy. They love it. Because if you're wasting time and you're wasting energy, you hardly have enough time or energy to care about the very bad thing that is going to happen to you if you sign the if the bill is signed or if the bill isn't signed. So most of the time you just give up because guess what? You're too worried about conserving your energy for things that actually matter in your life right now, like work and feeding your kids and cleaning your house. You don't have time to worry about a bill or figure out the word, what the words in a bill mean so that you can either vote or not vote. Because by the time you figure out all of that, the pasta didn't burnt up, the kids didn't drop something on the flow, you about to be late for work, all that. <laughs> so I've always been, me myself, I've always been a big advocate 
um, for less words and documents and relaying messages and information to the masses because I know that the average person can read but don't always comprehend the subject matter. And by that, I mean, yes, you can read a book on calculus, but that don't actually under, that don't actually mean that you understand how calculus work. So that's the same thing that happens when they give these documents, you know, these FBI documents and CIA documents, and they give it to the masses, and it's 125 pages. And by the time you get to the second word, you got to look it up, and then you got to look up the word that you looked up in the definition. Then you got to look that, and it's just a whole big mess, honestly. So you get where I'm going with it. That's exactly how they do us when they explain these foreign matters and politics. And another reason that I would like to, you know, um, have news and important documents that's given to the public in layman term is to stop the word salad in its tracks. We love word salad. And that goes back to my theory of you will listen to somebody that's speaking slang and explain that just as well as the person that used fancy $5 words and we'll take the fancy $5 word nigga over the layman term nigga, because we think for some reason that nigga talking like me. So he can't possibly know what he talking about, but this person that just <laughs> said a slew of words that I had to look up after he even explained it to me, I believe him way better than I believe this other guy that talks just like me. And that has always, <laughs> that has always concerned me as a person that love layman term explanations, because I am a very meat and potato kind of girl. I love for a person to just get to the point. Yes or no. Yes or no, nigga. <laughs> like get to the point. I don't need you going around all of this, you know, word salad. Go ahead and put the chicken in the motherfucker, bro. Already. <laughs> You know, and the thing that gets me about people that will like listen to the fancy $5 word ass nigga over the person that's speaking the same language as you is that they'll be explaining it. And maybe the third or fourth word in is like this big four syllable letter word that I know for a fact. You don't know what that word mean, but they'll just be nodding their head like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And I'm just like, you don't even know if he's right or not. You don't even know what Claxton to Mila is. <laughs> I don't know, man. People are so weird. We've gotten so weird in society. But um, speaking of people that have been speaking of serious subject matter and news in layman term, Here's another brother and sister that I would also like that I also like to listen to that are good at simplifying things that are pretty complex. And that guy name is Consciously. Consciously, he is on TikTok and all of those social media accounts. And he does a lot of explaining about like the black community and how intersectional intersectionality works at a higher and lower standpoint in society and black people get lost in the sauce because for some reason, like we don't understand that stuff. And I've been learning a lot from that guy. Shout out to consciously. He just went to the NAACP along with, um, Lene Vinay and she's the host of parking lot pimping and consciously is he has a podcast as well it's called the chop up i watched both of their um shows i think they're both great and they both was at the NAACP she actually got nominated for an NAACP award um this weekend and consciously was there asking questions on the red carpet shout out to both of them you guys are doing great don't sell us out and i'm looking forward to one day being able to interview you guys even though y'all have Way more subscribers than I do. I'm not going to count myself out. I love you guys. Um, another reason I brought up this topic, um, while after I didn't gave my little shout out to them, but another reason that I brought up this topic is because I seen the Twitter drag of Cardi B from the black community, and it was harsh. It was harsh. I do understand that we shouldn't be listening to artists' opinion about politics, 
But what if the opinion was right? And what if it wasn't Cardi B? Let me say that again. What if the opinion about the politics were right? And what if it wasn't Cardi B? Because my thing is, even if, even though my ear isn't to the ground when an entertainer talks about serious things, but it doesn't mean that I won't lend my ear to it just to hear it out. And I don't think that anything that she said was wrong. This is what she said. Here's the article right here. Okay, here we go. Though she has safety concerns, the Grammy winner did elaborate on her thoughts on what's going on politically around the world. I'm really not on NATO's side. I'm really not on Russia's side. I'm actually in the citizen side because at the end of the day, the world is having a crisis right now, she said. This inflation, not only in America, but everywhere in the world, is really hard to get the economy back up. There is so much shipment and embarkment backed up. China's not really messing with us. So a lot of things are behind. A lot of goods are behind. And this just make it a lot more complicated. So I'm just really annoyed by this. Cardi B is speaking out after President Vladimir Putin on Monday, February the 21st, recognized two breakaway pro-Russian regions of Ukraine as independent and ordered troops deployed to the region. But she's doing it with caution. Wish these world leaders stop tripping about power and really think about those who really getting affected, citizens. Besides, the whole world is in a crisis, she tweeted in early morning hours of Tuesday, February the 22nd, after a fan wondered about her thoughts on Putin's actions. War, sanction, and invasion should be the last thing these leaders worried about. So, yeah, I, I don't see what was wrong there. I, I just don't see what was wrong there. I don't understand why she got dragged. I don't understand why we were so harsh on Twitter, you know, to her because she didn't really say anything wrong. Like, let's be honest. Was she wrong, though? Is these country leaders not tripping off power? Is what they doing not affecting the citizens of these countries? So even though what she said wasn't Fox News worthy or any shit like that, it's still right what she said. I hate the fact that we as black people have gotten so far away from ourselves that even our mannerisms and the way that we talk and the way that we express ourselves is distasteful to ourselves. The white man doesn't even have to shame us into acting and speaking like them because we will do it for him. We all knew exactly what that girl was saying and, and acted like she was she was saying something foreign. But because she ain't say it all prim and proper, then y'all don't respect it. And and y'all think that she's dumb. You know, we got to get off that tip where we just discredit each other just because it isn't the person or the way that we think that it should be. Because I can almost guarantee you if Ice Cube said it, y'all would have respected it. You know, I myself have two things working against me when it comes to speech. I have a lisp and I'm from Texas. So a lot of words that are big leave me tongue-tied, bro. But, you know, people don't take what I have to say serious because of those things. A prime example was Joe Patrick live that I did. A lot of people didn't make fun of me because of the things that I was saying or the things that I was doing or just the fact that I didn't have all of my um, sources and my sites all put together. It was the way that I spoke, the way that I spoke, cut the conversation off right there. His audience was not willing to listen to anything that I had to say past what I was saying because of the way that I spoke and the fact that I have a list and the fact that I have this Texas twang to my accent because he's from Ohio. He's from up north and I'm from down south. So I do have this country twang accent and then on top of that a lisp so yes people do treat you different when you don't um say the things that they want you to say how they want you to say it because of some hierarchy of speaking that we have to do and you have to sound white and all of that and I'm just not with that I'm not saying no more big words bro because I get tongue-tied on there and I feel like information needs to be relayed 
in a way where everybody can understand it. If you're one of those people that talk all prim and proper and you have all these $5 ass words, then you should be able, you'll be just fine. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people that want to understand a very complex situation in a very layman terms way so that they can think for themselves instead of being told what to say and what to think. Yeah. Well, while we on the subject of the Russian Ukraine situation, let's make one thing very, very clear. This is two white supremacy countries fighting over who should rule over this little Ukraine country. So basically the civil war with the North and the South, but at a global scale, the North, you know, being NATO's and NATO and the South being Russia. Um, Putin pretty much wants this country because he missed the old days when Russia used to rule over Ukraine. You know, whose ideology does that sound like? That sounds like America's ideology. You know, does make America great again ring a bell? You know, because it, it, it should. Because you know the dusty white people that were screaming that shit the loudest were the ones thinking about owning black people when they was doing it. And they was yelling, make America great again. You know they were thinking about owning slaves. Well, in this case, Ukraine is the black people. <laughs> and that's why I say that these are just two superpowers trying to rule over a smaller piece of land. And if you don't believe me, let me just look up a little piece of article, man. I looked up a little piece of a little sum sum, and this is what Putin had to say. Okay, so he said, first and foremost, it's worth acknowledging that the demise of the Soviet Union was the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the century, Putin said. As for the Russian people, it became a genuine tragedy tens of millions of our fellow citizens and countrymen found themselves beyond the fringes of russian territory oh and this other part right here russian president vladimir putin told the nation monday that the collapse of the soviet union the soviet empire was the greatest geopolitical geopolitical catastrophe of the century and has fostered separation movements inside russia He's romanticizing over the fact that he used to, not him particularly, but Russia used to be, Ukraine used to be a part of Russia. They used to be together until they fought for their independence and now they're independent. And who does that sound like? What familiar situation does that sound like? Does it sound like when black people was freed and the South and the North was fighting and the South was very so very desperately trying to keep their slaves doesn't that sound like that i'm just saying there's, there's a lot of similarities between america and russia and then here go another article that i looked up president putin part partly blames his decision to attack on nato eastward expansion he earlier complained russia had nowhere further to retreat to do they think we'll just sit idly by Ukraine is seeking a clear timeline to join NATO and Russia's deputy foreign Mr. Sergei Robako. I don't know. That's some Russian name, whatever explain for us is absolutely mandatory to ensure Ukraine never, ever becomes a member of NATO. So what does that sound like y'all? Don't that sound like we got to make sure that black people are never, ever, ever free. They don't ever want this, this, this little Ukraine state to dip. Last year, Putin wrote a long piece describing Russian, Russians and Ukrainians as one nation. And he had described the collapse of the Soviet Union in December 1991 as the disinterrogation of historical Russia. He has claimed modern Ukraine was entirely created by communist Russia and is now a puppet state controlled by the West. Putin, President Putin has also argued that if Ukraine joins NATO, the alliance might try to recapture Crimea. I don't know how to pronounce that, but repeat that one right there. He has claimed modern Ukraine was entirely created by communist Russia and now a puppet state controlled by the West. Who does that sound like? Don't that sound like 
Republicans. It's kind of like Russia is the conservative South country and America and Nano are those little countries that's of Nano or whatever, which we all know is just the United States because it's only three armies that everybody always talk about. And that happens to be uh, America, Russia, and China. So we know that Nano is all just depending on the United States. <laughs> so it just seems like Nano, AKA America is the North. They're the progressive we're moving forward. We got the industrial revolution rolling and whatever. And then the South, South, AKA Russia is the conservative. Yeah. We want to keep slave. We want to keep things the old way. That's how that sounds to me. I don't know why. So see, this ain't nothing but the civil war war at a global standpoint. And I got one more thing to show y'all. I got one more thing to show y'all. I had looked up something online and it's some similarities that Russia and Russia and America have. And you'll be surprised that the similarity that they had was when slavery was a thing. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> That's if I can find it for you guys. Hold up. Cause it's kind of back there. Kind of back. And I'll read this whole thing because it's super short, but it's how America's slavery echoed Russia serfdom. So with the stroke of his pen, the nation's leader abolished a system of servitude that had lasted generations. Over 20 million people were received their liberty in this declaration of emancipation in 1861. Alexander II of Russia freed the serfs almost two years before Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. The Russians, however, did it without war. The Tsar allegedly said that his top-down decree precluded a bottom-up revolt. So that's one similarity, that they both had the free to slaves, ultimately because it was one part of the country that was being progressive and trying to move forward and do away with slavery, not because they wanted to free them by any chance. It was just better for the economy. And then you have the Southern part of a state or wh wherever this was in Russia that wanted to do away with serfs, serfden, serfden. I'm, I don't think I'm saying that word right, but serfden. And they did it for the same reason. They wanted to free slaves because it was better for the economy that way. It The only difference between freeing the slaves was that one could do it without um, war, which was Russia, and one had to go through a very bloody civil war, which was America. Serfdom was a form of art, agriculture, Agriculture, I'm sorry, I'm tongue-tied. Agriculture, servitude that most of the Europeans had left behind in the medieval period. Russian serfdom developed as historian William C. Hines writes, during roughly the same time period as America's slavery, the Russian Code of 1649 firmly embedded serfdom as a labor system. The Virginia House of Bergeson, first piece of the slavery legislation, allowing African slavery for life passed in 1661 though both slavery and serfdom mandated total control over the bodies of those in bondage Hans said the russian experience was incredibly more va varied and complex than its american counterparts because of the time-honored relationship between peasants and the land both russian and americans argued that their system of bondage resulted in the superior systems Nevertheless, as historian Peter Colchin shows the defenders of both systems use much the same justification through the 18th century, this may be surprising to some, considering that sir, Russian serfs and their masters were genuinely of the same nationality and religion, religious origins. Defendants of slavery in the United States pointed to an alleged racial difference as the reason African-Americans 
needed to be enslaved in the racial arguments. Black were not fit for freedom. Russian lords believed the same thing about serfs. The class difference was so great. Colchin said the Russian noble had come to regard, regard themselves as inherently different from their peasants. So yeah, that's another difference is that that justified their slavery. Um, the darker you wore, wore in American, they didn't see you as anything. They seen you as um, cattle, really. And honestly, that's how the house nigga and the slave nigga thing, the lighter you wore, were at the time, the more benefits as a black person you got. So you didn't have to be in the field all day, sitting up there picking cotton or corn or tobacco. You could actually go in the house and go serve them. Well, that same thing was in Russia as well. And they went so far as to say, some nobles went so far as to say they had white bones while um, serfs, which was the slaves, had black bones. Cochin called this an essential racial argument in defense of serfdom, even though no racial distinction divided lord and peasants. So that's another one. I'm, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it is a lot, and I will put it off in there, but I'm just going to put the ones that I had something to say about. Um, Cochin quotes American, I mean, American slave advocates who argued that the race of slaves were actually immaterial absent africans these defenders of Afri of american slavery said whites would do just as well as blacks because planters needed the support of non-slave holding whites however such arguments over domination the the defense of slavery the fact that serfs were russian peasants went a long way in helping to break up this system they were seen as members of society at the lowest level. So, yes, the same thing happened in America because that was um, uh, something that Russians did. Um, but it, the same thing that I just read that was in Russia happened in America. Once the slaves were free, black people was at the lowest of the totem pole and everything. So, yes, there's a lot of similarities as far as um, white supremacy, you know, dealing it with Russia and dealing with America. And that's why I'm just like, I'm not telling you to not care, but I'm not telling you to care either if you're black. Because last time I checked, like I said, this ain't nothing but a civil war at a global level. It's just that now white people are the slaves now, which AKA it is Ukraine. And the best thing black people can do while the whites are fighting each other is to get ready, get yourself some food, some water, some ammo, some batteries, generator, etc. Cause we know for a fact that white Mexican Asians and any other race of people ain't going to band with us. If you know, shit kind of goes left for us. Um, and AKA, I'm not telling anybody to care or not care, but they're not treating black people that well in Ukraine. They wasn't from the get go. It was still racism in Ukraine as well. Even as this whole crisis of them fighting for their independence, once again, they still had the time to scooch over the civil war against Russia to say, Hey, black people. Y'all know that we still don't fuck with y'all, right? Oh, I. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll insert this video right here and let y'all see hear it. Here it go, right here. The Ukrainians were were let in, and the and the foreigners they were segregated to one side, regardless of regardless of racism and something. It was like all the Indians, most of the most of the people were Indians, Africans. Some English people were there. I encountered two Scotsmen there. And then it was uh, like foreigners and Ukrainians. They were treated differently. But from some we were still under the sea for hours, de 20 or 21 for others. Jusqu'à 6 heures. Jusqu'à 6 heures. Mais il y a des bus qui passaient, qui transportaient les Ukrainiens jusqu'à la frontière. Nous, on était là. Arrivés encore à la frontière. 
pour qu'on nous mette le cachet de sortie, nous avons passé encore plusieurs heures. Donc les Ukrainiens ont le droit d'emprunter les bus. Ils sont bien assis, mais nous, on marche à pied. Pour moi, on était sur pied. Yeah, so that is the video. And as you can see, they're not doing so good up there, but they still had the time to be white supremacists. So at this point, I'm just like, hey, yo, Ukraine, you got to hold your own. I don't think that America has no business getting putting their nose in this business because we have a lot of stuff going on over here. And really, low-key, I feel like this is a psyop for whatever. I don't know what the psyop is. I don't know what is going to happen. But I do feel like it's a psyop, for real, for real. I don't, it's not that I don't think that it's happening. It's just that those videos that they put up seemed a little bit CGI-ish. I ain't going to lie. It didn't look real at all, not believable at all. So, like I said, I ain't telling you to care or not care. It's just that something that I don't care about. And that's just me being truthful. Like everybody's doing this whole like fake care shit. And it's just so like nobody cared about Ukraine. And apparently this has been like a thing going on for a little minute now. And it's like now that the news is talking about it, everybody's like fake caring. And I'm just like bro, do you even know where Ukraine is? <laughs> like, I don't even, I didn't even know where Ukraine was until we started talking about it on the news, real talk. And I'm just, I'm not going to be the fake care type of person. Black people is already going through a civil war in a war here, right here in America with America. So I don't care about two other white supremacy countries fighting over who's going to get power over this little one. And if this little one's going to be free the next day. And yes, I am well aware that it's black people over there, but they're going through the same thing that black people go through over here in America. So them are the only people that I care about. And honestly, they need to get up out of there too, because if those ruthless white people got the nerve to still have white supremacy in their heart, as they're going through a war with Russia, then that's just something that I can't accept. And I just, like I said, I just don't care about it that much. I don't. Sorry. Um, Let me go ahead and hit this Joe Rogan real quick. I know that I'm mad late, super late on it, but I just felt like I had to go ahead and get my little point because... It was a lot of capping from black men on that on on that situation. I need to address them. I really do. And this is coming from your sister, Crowder. I really want to address the black men out here that was capping for Joe Rogan and the white people that was just making straw man arguments for him saying what he said. So let me just get this one point out the way before I address the black men and the black people, but specifically black men because there was a lot of black men capping. Now, white people can't say the word because the history of the word is just not for y'all. Like the history of the word is bad. And yes, it is a double standard. White people can't say the word because of the history. And yes, it's a double standard. But there's plenty of double standards that everyone has agreed to already. So I just don't understand why y'all can't agree to this one. But here's just a couple of double standards that we've all learned to accept. And it's kids can get away with being ignorant with some things in life. And adults can't. We don't get a pass. Guys can go and have sex with all these girls and be respected. And then the man and then the guy. And it's the first time that a girl goes to sleep with a whole bunch of men. Then she's a slut. She's a whore. You know, she's a thotty dot thot. And last but not least, white people can't say the word nigga. And all of those are double standards that you white people are just going to have to live with. You know, now, now that I got that out the way, I want to address the black people, specifically the black men that was caping for Joe Rogan. Listen, 
Joe Rogan is white. There's white people on his side. He didn't need any of your help in this situation. What he said was wrong because he should have censored himself, especially if he cared for his black stepchild, his black staff of the company that he is now signed to, and his black friends. Now, the justification in the cap and that black people are saying is that it was said out of content. We've all had our mom tell us to go tell our sister or our brother something, and they say, go tell you know, so-and-so to get their ass in the house right now. And then you run and you say, mama said, get your A in the house right now. Even as a little kid, you learn to censor yourself from the words that you can't say. So why is it that this overly grown white man that knows the history and has a black stepchild, black friends, black style, he can't seem to censor himself with those, but a Four or five-year-old little kid knows to censor themselves from a cuss word. The kid knows that if he says the word ass, he's going to get in trouble. He he will never be able to go to his dad or his sister and say, Mama said, get your ass in the house because what's going to happen? Your sister going to run back in the house and say, hey, um, Shaky said ass. And then I'm going to say, oh, no, Mom, she's taking it out of context because I said what you said. And, 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 you know, you really said it, but I was just relaying the message because that's what you said. So I was saying it to her. My mom was going to look at me like I'm crazy because she already knows I should have censored myself. But that's what y'all are doing. Y'all are justifying what Joe said and saying, well, it was a joke that Red Fox has said. And Red Fox is the one that really said, nigga. And Joe was just telling the joke that he said. That's equivalent to the little kid trying to explain to his mom that the reason that he said ass. And you see where I'm going with it? It's just he should have censored himself. That's all I'm saying. Just censor yourself. You know the history of that word. You're old enough to understand that black people don't want you saying it. It doesn't matter if you have black friends. It doesn't matter if you have a black um, stepchild. It doesn't matter if you have black staff. It just doesn't matter about Who's black? Like, I love white people when they think that because you have some connection with black, then you're privileged to say certain things and get away with it. No, you're still white. That's the whole reason, bro. But I, I do want to get around to something else because it was, like I said, it was a lot of capping. But now, because this is what a lot of black people were saying, but now... Black people will say that, you know, the ones that was capping for him. Well, black people know the history and they still use it. Yeah, but we revamped it to mean something different depending on the situation. And when white people say it, then you know a piece of them because of their ancestors that they're saying it in a way that demeans you as a black person. Let's look up some of the ways that we've revamped stuff. The leftovers from the cut of meat that were given to slaves is now slave food that white people are trying to perfect so that they can let their husband eat it and say how good it was when that was the same cuts of meat that they was throwing to our ancestors. The baggy hand-me-downs that were seen as a sign of poverty is now fashion that white clothing brands stole as soon as famous rappers brung it on the scene. Language itself we've changed. We had a whole movement where people were putting izzles on words. For shizzle, my nizzle. That was us. We changed the whole English language. So that's what nigga is. Nigga is just another lemon that we turned into lemonade. And we gatekeeping the word and y'all mad. And that's why it's super important that whatever black people have control of, we keep it, whether we agree on it, on saying it or not. As black people, we need to come together and say that they damn well can't say it. We'll argue amongst ourselves about if we feel like it's the right word to say or not. But we know for sure as a collective, white people can't say it. Black people that was capping for him, I got one more point, and it's just going to be quick. I find it very funny 
that y'all think white people follow our league in anything because the whole argument that y'all saying is that if we stop calling ourselves nigga, then they'll stop calling it. They'll stop calling us niggas as well too, which is crazy because one, they don't follow our league in justice, compassion, law, etc. So why would they follow our league and not using the word? And two, we ain't even the ones that started calling ourselves nigga. So why would they stop something that we didn't even start in the first place? Like that, that just shows how connected to the titty of white supremacy that black people are. That shows how many of the bones and the biscuits and the head pats that black people want that they will literally not care that a white person said the word nigga and let it go. And I'm not too fun about it either because a, a word is a word at the end of the day. And if I'm not the, if I, I'm not the word in the way that you're describing it, like we know it's the derogatory way that they say the word nigga. And then it's the way that they want to be our friend. I'm not a fan of white people using it in any type of way, but at the end of the day, it is just a word and you ain't about to put me in jail over no word. My guy, I, I'll walk away before I beat you up over a word that I know for a fact I'm not the way that you saying that I am, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know. And so, you know, the the, the whole reason that it was just a Superman move for the people that is black that is capping for him, that that's just stupid. Don't do that no more. Don't don't be at her capping for white people, bro. That's lame. But the last point I have to make to black people is that this should have been a major power move for us. We should have struck while the iron was hot and put all these streaming companies on ice. You know, Kanye, Drake, Lil Baby, The Baby, Benny the Butcher, Kanye with the Conway the Machine. All y'all, why didn't y'all band together and take y'all music off the platform? You know, like I said, whatever you agree on the usage of the word or not, we should have all been on code against white people to say it in context or not. We should have been against them saying it. And once those top players of the music industry that is using the platform noticed that the audience moved with the artist, then they would have been forced to make a decision in keeping Rogan or keeping the real reason people come to Spotify, which is to listen to music. It's very little people on there that's listening to Spotify for podcasts. They really on Spotify for music because what is first became a music streaming platform. So if you take the music away, then it becomes just a podcast platform, which they do not make their money solely off of podcast and they make their money mostly off of music. So if those top tier players that I just named took their music off, whether they agree with Joe Rogan saying the word or not, then they would have been forced to bend to the knee. And I just don't see why we didn't make that move as black people. I have no idea why we didn't see that as the way to have leverage on these streaming companies. Hell, we could have even held out um, until another streaming platform gave more money per stream. Plus, not play Joe Rogan's podcast on the, whatever platform y'all decided to move for and wield that power. Now, do y'all think that when a power mood is made by a race of people that everyone agrees? No. Did you think that everyone agreed when the boycott happened? The bus boycott in Martin Luther King days? No, everybody didn't agree with that, especially on the 30th day of walking to work. You know it was some old lady over 45 talking about her corns hurt and that she's about to get ready to crack and get back on the bus. <laughs> You know, she, you know she was arguing. You know that she was mad as hell like the 60th day. You know she probably popped off on hella white people that day behind the counter because of that boycott. But no, on a serious note, you know, they all knew 
at that moment in time, once the boycott started, that they had to preserve the dignity and the worth of black people, you know, and we have to learn to put our differences aside and so that we can fight on their level because the only reason that they got us is because we're not unified. You know, um, Farrakhan said it best himself. We need unity, not unison. And we can argue about religion later. It, it, we, we as the black community do that a lot. We will not work with somebody because we don't agree, because that person don't agree with everything that we, we have a thought on. You know, we could be flowing and talking in the moment that someone says something that you don't agree with. Oh, no, I can't chill with that person. She, she tweaking. And it's like, no, I just don't agree on abortion, bro. <laughs> That's all I said, you know? And, yeah, it just, we got to start putting that stuff aside so that we can start fighting on that level. Now, let me go ahead and address the white people, and then I'm going to head on up out of here because y'all definitely not getting this episode until tomorrow. It's already 4 o'clock pretty much. Now to the whites. Hey, whites. I remember a similar situation that week with censorship as well. Does Whoopi Goldberg ring a bell? And the funny thing is, I didn't see any one of these freedom of speechers out to tell us what she said was taken out of context. Because what she said wasn't even fucked up. And in a sense, it was right. What she said, and I'm paraphrasing, is mankind does messed up things to mankind. And that's what she said. But you didn't hear anybody running to Whoopi's rescue. They made it seem like she was anti-Semitic, which is weird because her, herself, she's Jewish. She can't be anti-Semitic. She's Jewish. And yes, black people can be Jewish. So Rogan can go on a whole nigga, 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 nigga fest and it's freedom of speech, and we should just not watch this podcast if we get mad about the word nigga being said out of context when white people don't have the range to say it in context, out of context, in the water, on the land, red fish, blue fish, fat fish, food flip. Don't say the word, bro. But he can say it, and it's freedom of speech. But when Whoopi Goldberg says it, then it's anti-Semitic. You know, and and even if you want to go off of the argument of it was said out of context, you still can't justify the other things that he said, white people. You he one of the statements that he said to one of his biracial guests was, oh, so you're biracial. You have the best of both worlds, the body of the black man and the brain of the white man. Oh, I was quiet on that one, though. Y'all was quiet. Y'all didn't say anything about that being wrong, and y'all can't justify it either. That's why that whole conversation about the Joe Rogan thing has been shut down once that came out. And then another one that he said that you can't justify is when he went to a movie theater that was predominantly black um, in a predominantly black neighborhood that it looked like the planet of the apes. Another statement that you cannot justify because he wasn't talking about no white people up in there. He was talking about black people. So my thing is this just further proves that justice and the constitutional rights only apply to white people when it's white people. This is the same thing I was saying about the Cal Rittenhouse and the Ahmad Aubrey case is that y'all cheered for Ahmad Aubrey. No, y'all cheered for Cal Rittenhouse when he got off. It was crickets when the Ahmad Aubrey killers went to jail. I didn't hear y'all being cheerful that they was going to jail. And half of y'all was kind of mad. I know y'all was kind of mad, but yeah, it's, it's, this is just the same thing. It only uh, justice and in in the constitutional rights 
only are present and or and is valid when it's another white person. And that's all that I have to say about this situation. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Y'all definitely not getting this episode until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram at an hour Crowder, um, TikTok at an hour Crowder, Twitter at Crowder the Great. And you can stream this episode on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, and here at YouTube. And I am out, you guys. <laughs>